This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Walker, and I'm here with Kim, our co-host. I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) We just got back in from a lot of traveling. We went up to AST in North Carolina, up into New York, and then I got home for a couple of days and then headed right out to Vegas to Apex and SEMA. It was a very long trip. It was, but it was good. It was good. We got to see a lot of industry friends. We had a good time. While we were at Apex, we taught a class that is about the 13 foundational marketing strategies for every auto repair shop. That's what we're going to be talking about today. The thing about this class, though, is because it's about the foundations, it doesn't matter if you taught it years ago or if we teach it years from now. It's for the most part going to be the same. It's kind of how your book is written. It's similar. I mean, we're highlighting all the same kind of things. So so before we get too far into it, I want to thank our sponsor. So thank you to our friends at RepairPal for sponsoring this episode. RepairPal will introduce your shop to new customers through RepairPal.com, the largest site for auto repair. Learn more at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. By the way, Jamie, if you're listening, we looked for you at the RepairPal booth. We'll catch up with you soon, Jamie. <laughs> so... The premise for this class, this class, it's kind of builds off of the question, what if everything you know about marketing is actually what's holding your business back? And what we mean by this question is there are very often times that someone will come to us because they want help with their marketing and they will start off by saying something to the effect of, well, I don't want to do Facebook marketing because I've tried that and it didn't work. Or, you know, I don't want to do and just insert whatever kind of marketing because we've heard it all. We've heard everything from you don't need a website Mm -hmm. to email marketing doesn't work anymore. What is that phrase? You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So what you do think, you know, is really what's holding you back. And a lot of times it's just a myth. Yeah. Well, a lot of times it's your past experiences. And, you know, for you, Facebook, in the example that I gave, Facebook advertising may not have worked because it may not have been executed well. Mm -hmm. And it could have been anything that was causing that. One of the other things that we will have happen sometimes is the shiny object syndrome. Now, I love shiny objects. You know know that. But, you know, when it comes to marketing, people will come to us and they're like, hey, I heard about this thing called, you know, geofencing, or I heard about something called real-time bidding and programmatic media, and I want to do that for my shop. We'll start looking into their marketing and the basics, you know, the things that every business should have. Yeah. They're just not there. They're not right. So that's what we're going to talk about in this podcast today. And it's not to say that you don't ever do the shiny objects because sometimes you do. Sometimes those shiny objects work really well, but you don't do them when you don't have the foundations in place. Right. And sometimes the shiny object is that person that walks in the shop from your local community and they're like, oh, I got this new thing. So let's dig in and talk about the things that you really need to make sure that you are doing first. Brian, what's the first one? All right. So the first one, it's kind of obvious, but you want to have a great website. And when we talk about having a great website, you need to make sure that there are things like, you know, it's mobile compatible. Uh, It has an appealing design. It's got great messaging with strong calls to action. You've got a list of services, and I'm not talking about the services that every auto repair shop does. You know, pretty much everyone would expect an auto repair shop to do oil changes or fix check engine lights. 
but not every auto shop does four wheel alignments, for example. You want to make sure that you have especially listed out the things on your website that not every shop does so that when people are doing a search, they can find that information. What about a we don't do this section? I mean, that's a pretty good thing to do to keep you from, you know, your service advisors from having to field irrelevant calls. But what you do in that case is you find the non-competing people that do do those things Mm -hmm. and recommend them right there on your website. That way, you know, you're, you're not fielding the calls, but also they will probably in turn recommend back to you the things that they don't do. Yeah. Okay. So then the types of vehicles that you work on, and I'm not talking about having a service page for every brand of vehicle that you could possibly work on. You know, not, you're not going to have a page for Daewoo and, you know, (laughs) Yugos and and all of that stuff. You don't really even need a page for the Chevrolets and the Fords and the Hondas and the Toyotas because those are just your kind of day-to-day vehicles. It's the one where the person... specialize in that. Well, if you specialize in it, of course, you want to let people know that you specialize in it. But when I'm talking about the list of vehicles, I'm talking about either kind of generalizing this type of vehicle, you know, like we work on domestic vehicles or domestic and Asian, or especially if you do specialize and you work on vehicles that the people who own them consider them special, because if if you think that your vehicle is special, then when you are searching for a shop to work on a thing, you will use that type, that vehicle brand in your search. So, Do you mean like, like Jeep Gladiator people? I mean, definitely 4x4 and off-road, but I'm especially talking about things like Mercedes, BMW. Uh, you get into the, the exotics like Lamborghini and Ferrari, or if you work on diesel pickups, the Power Strokes, Cummins, Duramax, then those are the things that you want to list out on your website is working on those types of vehicles. Then you want to make sure that you are showing some reviews on your website. And I don't necessarily mean every single review you've ever gotten, but you want to have some reviews scattered through your website. You definitely want to have online scheduling. I've had people say, I don't want online scheduling because I want my service advisor to be able to field the call. Well, your service advisors don't work 24 hours a day. And a lot of times people want to schedule their vehicle service late in the evening or very early in the morning when they're not working. Early bird drop off. You know, having a form that they can fill out so that they're not standing outside in the cold or the rain or the heat and having to fill out an envelope with a pen that doesn't work at the drop-off station. And then if your early bird drop-off is not in an obvious area, which I've seen so many shops where they're around a corner or behind, you know, something, then make sure that you're giving people a really great explanation and maybe even pictures of where it's located. You want to have the amenities that you have in your shop listed on your website. You know, do you have work areas for people to to sit and get some work done? Do you have a children's play area? Events listing. We have another podcast where we talked about events, you know, doing events in your shop. And then Google Analytics, Google Search Console, and the Metapixel, which are, you know, I'm not going to get, I would love to go into them, but this is a four-hour class that we're breaking breaking down into a podcast today. But Google Analytics will tell you a lot about the people that are visiting your website, Google Search Console will show you when you have problems with your website, and the Metapixel will allow you to do Facebook advertising to people who have visited your website or even certain pages of your website. So before you wrap up websites, <coughs> one thing that, and there's a lot of other things that necessarily aren't listed here, but are important, and especially today because we're hearing more and more about it, is having your website be ADA compliant. So that's really important too. All right. So the website, 
We've talked about the website. These are the things people need to have on their website. One thing COVID taught us was your website's really important. So if you're in the camp of, I don't really need a website, maybe this changed your mind. So you have your website. Now you need it to rank. So talk about SEO. Yep. So number two out of the 13 foundational things we're talking about today is to get your SEO right. Now, I have taught two to four hour classes before on SEO, so I can't go deep into that. And it's something where I really need to be able to show you things. So it's very hard to do on a podcast. So I'm just going to kind of generalize here. You need to just highlight it. You want to have follow a proper optimization structure on your website. So your homepage should be optimized for your brand. Don't focus too much on trying to optimize your homepage for auto repair or all of these other things that you might do. Optimize the homepage for your brand, the name of your business. You want to have services pages that are optimized for the individual services that you provide. You want to have locations pages for each location that you have. If you only have one location, then you do your contact page. You optimize it for the location where you're, where you're actually located. And then you want to have a blog that is optimized for the overall topic of auto repair. And look, don't miss out on the blog. The blog is super important. And a lot of people get afraid of that because they, they're like, man, that sounds like a lot of work I have to write. There's all kind of tricks to get around that. We need to do an, uh, an episode on that. So you want to have that great blog inside of your blog, the types of content that you want to have. You want to have your newsletter content. And when I say your newsletter content, the stuff that you send out in, in email or, well, it's going to be in an email newsletter. And instead of putting like an entire article in the email, you just put a little excerpt and you link it to your website. That way you get that traffic to your website. You want to have event wrap ups. Again, we talked about events in another, in another podcast episode, but you should have events at your shop and you should do wrap ups on your website where you're talking about the event and telling everybody basically what they missed out on. Share interesting repairs in the blog. They ask you answer. When your customers are commonly asking you a question, you need a blog post that answers that question. Uh, and then how to post where you're showing off your expertise. Uh, the other thing that you want to do is you want to get backlinks to your website. And I'm not talking about going and buying backlinks. Do not buy backlinks to your website. It'll, it'll get you in trouble. You, if Google finds out you're doing it, they will penalize you or possibly even de-index you. But the backlinks that you should have, like the one from your Chamber of Commerce directory listing, the one, you know, if you are a member of something like CarQuest TechNet or if you're a Napa shop or something like that, they will have a directory that shows all of their shops. And you want to have that link from that directory back to your website. So anywhere that you should have a link, make sure that you're getting that link. You want to have a complete Google business profile. It used to be, you know, what people will still sometimes refer to as Google My Business. Your Google business profile needs to be categorized correctly. It needs to be filled out completely. You should have images on it, preferably taken with a cell phone with location services turned on because it'll actually embed geographic coordinates into the image, which helps. And then you want to have regular posts going to that Google business profile, just like you would your social media. And then finally, you want to have citations that are going to, uh, you know, citations for your business, which a citation would be things like your Yelp profile, Merchant Circle, yellowpages.com, anywhere that has at least your business's name, address, and phone number. That is going to be a citation, and you want to get a lot of those. All right, so we're going to move on to number three. So the thing about your website and SEO and all that is you need to drive traffic to your website. And I'm going to share a couple of ways that you can do that. 
Spotlighting specifically email marketing. One of the things that I love is I still hear from different people, email marketing is dead, yet they're probably opening their email app on their phone and they're probably buying from emails that they're getting or clicking links and going to that website to read the blog or shop or whatever. While there are some people saying out of this side of their mouth, email is dead, on this side, they're actually using it. So I think that's pretty funny. Anyway, email marketing is great for a whole bunch of reasons, but one of the best ones is driving traffic to your website. But one that we love to share all the time is that email marketing is great for brand awareness, just reminding people that you're there. They might not need your services at that moment, but they open up their inbox and there's an email from you. So the, the name of your shop is staying top of mind and they might not click, they might not open that email, but they saw your name. And so it's a great tool for brand awareness, top of mind. It's trackable and you're going to put content and information in your email that is going to drive traffic to your website. So a lot of marketers will, and some shop owners will get a little twitchy when we start talking about, it doesn't even matter if they open the email. And of course, we want them to open the email. We yeah. want them to read the email and click through on your links to your website and, and all of those things. But I know for a fact that very often I will get an email that hits my inbox that reminds me to go do something without me ever even opening the email. For sure. yeah. And a lot of times it's about buying a product, check engine lights on, you know, oil spots on their driveway or something like that. Yeah. And they've been too busy to make the appointment or they just haven't thought about it at the right time, and then you hit them with that email in the inbox, they never even open it. They see the name, and they're like, I need to make an appointment. They'll yep. pick up the phone right then and do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. One more thing about that is a lot of the times when I hear others saying things that, that go along with don't spend your time on email is the trackable part of it and that we see results all the time. Every time we do an email for a shop, we see the results of it. So so anyway, email is not dead, still totally relevant, but it's part of a, a whole toolbox of marketing that um, has different tactics and different things. Some things are great when it's a slow day. Some things are great as just brand awareness that you're doing on a continual basis. So think about each one of these as it relates to your shop and what's going to work for you. I want to thank our friends at RepairPal for making this episode possible. They're on a mission to put trust back in auto repair. You're an honest shop that delivers high quality work and great service, right? Well, millions of consumers looking for mid to major mechanical repair look for shops like yours in the RepairPal trusted network. Contact them to get certified today and receive one month free service at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. Being in the RepairPal certified network helped us grow our shop's business and it can help yours too with new customers and a higher ARO. Plus, you don't have to worry anymore about arguing with customers over price because shops in the RepairPal certified network are trusted by consumers for being fair priced, not low priced, fair priced. You have to be in it to win it. So head over to RepairPal.com forward slash shops to learn more and set up a call. When you sign up, you'll get one month of service free and save $150 off certification. Okay, social media. I kind of have been named the social media queen for years because that's typically one of the things that people ask me about the most. But my favorite things about social media, even though 
While it's one of my favorite things to talk about, it's also one of the most annoying because it changes every single day. I was just doing a Facebook Live literally right before we recorded this and there were things that were different about the setup for it. And I do Facebook Live pretty regularly. So even though it changes all the time, it's still really powerful and um, it can easily be done by you, the shop owner or someone in your shop. It's a great tool for staying engaged with your audience because everybody is using social media. What I want to warn people about is it's easy to get wrapped up in, oh my God, TikTok is all the rage right now. I've got to be doing TikTok. Oh, Snapchat. I should be doing Snapchat. What I want to encourage people to do is find the platform that you are actually going to do. Don't do it halfway. Don't kind of dip your foot in the shallow end of the pool with TikTok and play with it just for a second and give up on it. Like go all in, learn it, feel comfortable with it. When you get that into your routine and you're doing well, you feel like you've kind of perfected it, you've got it in your routine, you're doing well, then try adding in another one. Don't try to do too many of them all at one time because you're going to get overwhelmed and give up on it. So pick one and stick with it. Always use the reference, slow your scroll. You know, I pick up my phone and I go to Facebook. I'm sitting here and I'm looking through. Oh, wait, what was that? What causes you to back up and kind of scroll back up to see what was going on? Well, it just so happens to be a video from Chris Enright at Enright Auto. What's causing you to slow your scroll? Maybe even have a conversation with with social media users that are your customers, your potential customers, and ask them, what do you respond to? What are you engaging with? It's typically going to be helpful information, tips, something funny or inspiring or motivational. It's a great opportunity for you to share what's happening in your shop, your shop culture, the fun things that are happening, the crazy things when you hear someone say, oh my gosh, get your phone or, oh, did you see this? Come see this. You know, those are things to capture and share on social media. Show off your shop culture, relax, have a good time. And what did you just hear me say when I picked up what showed up? Video. You have to utilize video. I understand that you don't like the way you sound. I understand that you don't like the way that you look. Maybe you're not the one to be on video if you hate it that much. Find the good fit at your shop when it comes to video. And that is going to be my cue for handing this over to Brian because he's going to talk to you about video and pictures and how to use that and how to get that into your marketing in general. This is number five, using pictures and video. It has never been easier than it is now to utilize video and pictures in your marketing. You basically have a production studio in your pocket. I mean, you can shoot, you can edit, There's all kind of apps that make it easy and make your work look better than it actually was. When it comes to things like reels and TikToks and all that, you can look at the trends and you have all the ideas already, you know, for things that you want to create. But the thing that I really love about video is that it can be used in so many ways. You take one video and you can make so many different marketing pieces out of it because you take that video, upload it to YouTube, you share it on Facebook, you transcribe it and embed it into your blog and put the transcription under it. So now you have written content or better yet, you take the idea of that video and you write a blog that is different than the video. 
but shares the same idea and you put that on your website and embed the video into it. You cut clips out of it to use on social media. Like right now we're shooting this podcast. We're videoing the podcast and it's being filmed horizontally. Well, you can crop into it and make vertical videos or square videos out of it and share it on social media as reels and TikToks and YouTube shorts. You can put it in your emails and email it out to people. You can put them on Pinterest. Like there's just so much that love, you can do with a video. I love when people use numbers in their blogs or like, you know, like five ways to increase your gas mileage, or this is 13 foundational marketing tactics. Because when you do that in a video, so our video guy who is going to be listening to this, we basically told him you can pull at least 13 clips out of this because Mm -hmm. we're talking about 13 different marketing tactics. If you're answering a question that, you know, when gas prices were so high and people were asking, how do I improve my gas? And you're like, here's five ways to improve your gas mileage. Are gas prices down? Well, (laughs) no, they're not, but that's another thing. So when Brian was saying that you can pull that apart and create a bunch of different social media posts, I talked about email, put this in your email. So Video is awesome. Yeah, I love video. And if you are choosing not to do video, you're choosing to lose money. So this would be a great point for us to point to the other podcast that we recently did with our friend Justin Allen from Hunter Engineering. And we haven't done it yet, but we need to get Chris in right on here and talk about his video uses. So the name of that podcast is um, Making Friends with Short Form Video. And then I also did a video with Patrick Egan where we talked about video. Absolutely. Uh, the one that we did with Justin was specifically about short format, you know, so it was the reels and TikToks and YouTube shorts. And the one that I did with Patrick is about just video in general and why you should be using it. So you talked a lot about video, but go into photo and stock photos. Yeah. So the cameras and phones are so good today. If you have decent lighting, it's almost hard to take a bad picture. Mm -hmm. And But at the same time, we look at people's websites and they're full of stock photos. And I understand, you know, there are times when you need to use stock photos every once in a while. It's okay, But why do that when you have an amazing camera in your pocket? So, you know, you go out in your shop and even if you're like, just walk out there once a week and take pictures of the things that are happening, whether you use them or not. And if you work with marketers Take those pictures and just send them to them and say, hey, here's some pictures of what's happening in our shop today. Those pictures can be used on your website. They can be used on your social media. It can do so much with these pictures, and it's so much better. Most of the stock photos of techs are European technicians that are wearing jumpsuits. They usually are holding some giant wrench in their hand. The car that's next to them you know, has the wide European license plate on it. And it's like, okay, this was obviously not taken at your shop. So go out there with your phone and take some pictures. And you know what? If you're just terrible at taking pictures, go on YouTube and do a search for how to take great pictures with a cell phone. And you will find so many videos about doing that. And it's little tips because right now I've gotten into video editing. It's just something that I've been having fun with. I've really enjoyed it. But the difference between taking a picture at eye level and taking a picture way down low from a different point of view than eye level, the things that you see every single day take something that would be boring because you see it every day. And it adds a, and I know we're talking about 
pictures here, not video, but it still, it adds a cinematic type feel to it. But there's all these little tricks about how to take great pictures that are the simplest things in the world. If you just go do it and you'll be like, man, and then using things like portrait mode and stuff like that. So number six is boosting posts, which I love to talk about because this is so quick, so easy. It's also inexpensive and a boosted post is very different from a, a deep, full on Facebook ad. A boosted post is literally a post on your Facebook page that you see the little blue boost this or boost post button that people are often afraid to click on because they think they're going to break Facebook or they're going to break the internet or something. You're not. It's very easy. Just click the blue button and follow the directions. Now, with that said, don't go with Facebook's recommended audience because another rant. Here we um, go. <laughs> can't help it. You gave me this one. So really fast. I have been tagged in a bunch of Facebook boosted posts lately from friends in the industry where they are literally commenting on another shop's boosted post. That shop is in another state on the other side of the country, but it's targeting this industry friend of mine in a state that's four states away. And they'll tag me and and they'll tell this shop owner, hey, you need to talk to Kim Walker because you're spending money if you're not paying attention and that ad just goes to all the states in the country. So well, you mean you, you can, wouldn't you wouldn't drive four states away to get your oil changed no. for 15 bucks? Oh, no. So click the blue boost post button, but set your geographic area to right there, five miles or so, your zip code in your area. These are not expensive. Drop $10, $15 on it and see how it does. But my favorite tip about boosted posts is boost the post that's already doing well, right? I don't know why that's such a shock to so many different people, but why would you put money on a post that's crap and it's not really working? So look for the post where people are engaging, they are liking, commenting, they're sharing, they're clicking the link. It is proving to be a good organic post. Drop some dollars on that to make it perform even better. There's a saying in marketing that says, it goes, look for the billowing sales. And it's, it's an old sailing term. And the whole idea behind it is the things that are working well, do more of that. So Google ads, if you're not doing Google ads, you're missing out. The cool thing about Google ads is you get immediate results for the most part. Most marketing that you do, you're not doing that marketing today to get cars today. You're doing that marketing today to get cars three months from now. You know, that's just kind of how marketing works. But Google ads are finding people that are actually searching for the service that you provide. They're searching for it today and they're probably looking for someone to do something for them today or in the very near future. So when you have a well-optimized set of Google ads running, then you can get results immediately from that. The other thing about it is it lets you outrank competition that you can't outrank organically. You know, it might be a shop that they've had a website a lot longer than you because the age of someone's domain, as much as we hate it, it really does have a lot to do with how well a website performs in search or someone else who has invested heavily in their marketing over the years. And maybe you're just getting started with your marketing. Well, if you do Google ads and, and they're done well, you can outrank those people that you just can't do it otherwise. And then don't be afraid to have a healthy budget. 
with Google Ads because they will pay for themselves many times over. Be willing to spend more more than you're comfortable with. This next one, I love that you're going to talk about because when you don't do this, you really learn that it's marketing. Yeah. Number eight is be nice to people. The experience that you provide for people is absolutely marketing. It's probably, gosh, it might be the most important thing that you do when it comes to marketing. Because when you provide a great experience, you don't always have to have the beautiful shop. You don't always have to have the newest tools. And if you have amazing, friendly people who provide a great customer experience, then you can overcome a lot of other things that may not be exactly like they need to be. Being nice to people is one of the best. It's one of the best things that you can do in your marketing. That's the kind of stuff that people will go tell their friends about that. You know, when you fix a car, the car's just fixed, you know, it's, it's fixed or it's not. And from a customer standpoint, there's not levels of, Oh, they fixed my car better than anyone else. They just know that their car is fixed. But when it comes to the experience that you provide for people, that is something where you can like outdo all of your competition. And it's something that you should be focusing on and working on getting better at all of the time. And we're going to talk about reviews in a second. People don't tend to go write reviews for mediocre service that, the, you know, just the customer service is in the middle. It's kind of neither here nor there. It's often the extremes. It's when you've gone over and above and it's exhausting, but it's also the right thing to do. And we love to say all the time, something that we didn't coin, everybody else says it, but we talk about it all the time. And that is that people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And how does that come about? Because you treat people good. You know, someone said something recently that goes against the grain when most of the time we've been taught to treat people the way you want to be treated. Someone actually said recently in a meeting that we were in, treat people the way they want to be treated. So we think about the way I want to be treated. But when you really stop and think about the other person, it really causes you to be a little bit more intentional about your service and how you how you approach that. So with that said, you know, I just told you that the extremes is what causes people to write a review. So how do you get reviews? This Focus is number nine. That. Yep. We're on number nine is ask them. You have to ask them. When you're at the end of your service and the the service advisor is spending that time with the customer, they're picking up their car, you know that they're happy. Ask them in that moment. There are also incredible tools available to make this process really easy. Your shop CRM probably has this built in. If not, there are add-ons that work to do that, you know, that will text the customer after they've completed their experience with you that will take them straight to Facebook or Google. You can have a little table tent or a little postcard type thing in your lobby. Put them in the bathroom where people are sitting on their phones. (laughs) It's true, but have a QR code where people can scan and it's going to take them right where um, you want them to go to write that review including it on your website, in your email marketing programs. But most importantly, just asking. If you tell them how important it is to you, then people love shopping local, shopping small, supporting their community. This is a great way for them to be able to do that. So think about just literally asking. And then along those same lines, we love to share with our shops to 
kind of further entice people to do that, a lot of times they need ideas. And then, you know, you would think that writing a review is not a big deal. I write reviews all the time. It comes natural to me. I love doing it. But some people are a bit intimidated by that. They don't know what to say. Help them out by telling them, hey, just be sure to just mention the type of car that we were working on or the service that we did. We uh, or- we did an entire podcast episode about that, about uh, putting keywords in reviews. It's an episode that if you take what we talk about and put it into action, like it's going to make you money. I mean, they're all worth listening to. But specific to what we're talking about right now, like if reviews are something that's important to you, which they should be, that is one that you absolutely should go listen to. Because like Kim said, it comes naturally to her to write reviews. Some people are like, what am I going to write? And I don't know how, like over the course of the years in our business, it had to have been, I don't know, for my own experience, at least 10 people that said, hey, just write the review for me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, I can't post it for you. They're like, that's fine. Just write it and send it to me. And when they do... Taking that information that is in that other podcast that I'm talking about with leaving or putting keywords in reviews, it's something that will get you new business. So while we're talking about reviews, it just occurred to me this morning that we have not been asking for reviews on our podcast. So if you are enjoying this, please rate it on whatever podcast listening app that you're using. I just noticed that we really need some. I listen on Spotify. So please give us a thumbs up, go rate it, um, help us out. If this is helping you, then give us a rating and or share it with somebody else. So, okay, number 10, we're getting there. One of my other favorites that people typically don't really think this is necessarily marketing, but it is getting involved in your chamber of commerce. Oh, are you kidding me? I was a member of the chamber for years. I never got anything from that. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so my favorite response to that nonsense, sorry if you're the one that says that, but it is always to ask them how involved they were. I've always said that a chamber membership is just like your gym membership. You can't pay the gym and have a membership, but never go. It is up to you to well, you can, put the work you, in. You can't expect to get results that way. Well, right. Yeah. You for sure cannot complain that you didn't get fitter, stronger, lose some weight, get healthier if all you did was pay that gym membership and you never showed up. So every chamber, I say every, maybe your chamber is not so good. We have never had that situation. All of the chambers we have been involved in, in North Carolina, in Apex, in Raleigh, here in Hammond, Louisiana, they're great. And they all have events and committees that you can volunteer to be a part of, things that you can sponsor, whether it's sponsoring an event or hosting an event. They're all great things that you can do. So get involved in your chamber of commerce. Don't complain that your business is not growing if you are not getting involved in the chamber. And then the last one I'm going to share with you is another favorite of mine specifically, because I am the one out there doing things in the community, getting involved. I mean, we all do, but it's my kind of role because I'm an all out there kind of person, but that is B&I groups. And it's funny to me that every time we're teaching a class and we bring this up, shop owners that are in the class that are involved in B&I all start aggressively shaking their head. We have quite a few customers now who are heavily involved in their B&I group 
It was so good for Brian and I when we had our shop that he was a member of one chapter and I was a member of another chapter. And we say that because you can't have two members in a group that do the same thing. So it's very exclusive in regard to, um, you know, there's only one realtor, there's only one auto repair shop, that sort of thing. So the BNI group is time intensive. I'm going to put that out there. And somebody probably just rolled their eyes and said, I don't have time for things that take a lot of time. Well, if it's not you, find who in your shop can go attend the BNI group. It is a weekly meeting. And depending on your average repair order, probably one to two referrals from that group is going to pay for your membership. And that will probably happen very quickly. But I always thought of the BNI meeting as my weekly sales meeting. I viewed my BNI uh, fellow chapter members as my sales team. So this is a, a place for you to go on a weekly basis to network, get to know the other people really well so that you can educate them and they can refer to you. So BNI groups get started by going to B, that's Business Networking International. There are chapters around the world. Go to BNI.com, click on find a chapter. I'm not getting paid for this. I'm just sharing it with you because it's truly, truly valuable. All right. So that was number 11, BNI groups. Now, number 12 is about community involvement. I like to talk about this one because it's something that I did not personally really believe in that much in the well, beginning. You also know that if I talk about it, we'll be here forever. So, Well, that's anything. Though. <laughs> <laughs> so with community involvement, it could be anything as simple as sponsoring your local Little League team, which are you going to be able to measure return on investment on that? No, absolutely not you're not going to be able to do it. But you ever hear the law of reciprocity? It's just one of those things where you kind of put good out there and good comes back to you. You have to do these kind of things. But my favorite example of community involvement was what we did at our shop. This was when we lived in North Carolina. My wife and I, we are, I should say Kim and I, since she's sitting right I know, next to me. It sounded so but, weird when you just said that. I'm like, I'm right here. Yeah, so Kim <laughs> and I, uh, we are both from Louisiana, and this would have been 2005, right? Uh, Hurricane Katrina. And uh, Hurricane Katrina hit, and so many of our friends and family were affected by it. So we're up in North Carolina, and, you know, everything is just perfectly fine up there. And, you know, back home, uh, everything is in shambles. We said, we're okay, we're going to uh, just put it out there. If anybody wants to drop anything off at our shop, we're going to bring it down to Louisiana because they were asking for things like water and diapers and all that stuff. You know, we're thinking we're going to put this in the back of my F-250 and drive it down there. Well, the local radio station picked up on the fact that we had turned our shop into a drop-off center for for supplies for Katrina. Next thing you know, we filled up two of the shorter tractor-trailer loads, you know, where they, you'll have one truck that's pulling two trailers. We filled up both of those trailers and thank God someone who lived in the neighborhood behind us that was also from Louisiana had a connection to the trucking company and was able to get those trucks and the driver and the fuel and everything donated. You know, when we did that, the entire purpose of doing it was just to do something good for all of our, you know, people back home in, in Louisiana. What actually happened, though, was for years after that, you know, we asked every client, how did you hear about us? And they'd say, well, you know, you were having that Katrina drive and I dropped off some supplies. And next thing you know, you know, they're a client. And 
anytime that you have the opportunity to get people into your shop. And that's why we love to talk about hosting events at your shop. But that community involvement, it could be something like, you know, a canned food drive or toys for tots drop off or doing the car care events. Uh, And I love talking about, you know, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and helping them earn their merit badges. You know, your shop can do that. And, you know, you get parents and kids inside of your shop. They're experiencing your shop, your staff. And, you know, when they need a repair, they're very likely to come back to you. Community involvement, you want to do it with the heart of giving, but it is going to lead to receiving. That's just kind of how it works. All right. And then number 13 goes a lot along with number eight, which number eight was about be nice to people. Number 13 is actually fix the cars. And that's, that's another <laughs> that's, that's another one of those that it is marketing more than you think it is. If you fix the cars and you're nice to people, then you're going to get referrals. You know, your well, you know, there's two things that we often see that are trends <laughs> in reviews. One is always fixed right the first time yep. or comebacks. Look at it how you want to, but it's marketing. Fix the cars. So invest in training, invest in the, the proper tooling to be able to do things right and make sure that every car that leaves is fixed. So those are our 13 foundational marketing techniques or tactics for every auto repair shop. Again, we have a lot of podcast episodes that where we talk deeper about these things and we're going to link to those in the show notes. But, uh, you know, you definitely want to go listen to some of those. And I would say that we want to hear from you. If you have something that's a a foundational marketing tactic that you think we didn't mention, email it to us. Let us know what you think. We have set up the email podcast at shopmarketingpros.com. Not only can you email us what you think about this episode, but if you have questions about marketing, If there is a topic that we have not covered or we haven't covered it well enough, send us an email, shoot it over to us, and we will answer your question in the form of a podcast episode. All right. So how do people get in touch with us? Really any kind of way that you want. One is the email that we just said, but we are also on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. We also, we have the book as well. So if you have not picked up this book yet, we would love to have you. I'm going to share it um, here on the video, but if you go to shopmarketingpros.com forward slash book, that's where you can find all the details about the book Brian wrote, The Ultimate Guide to Auto Repair Shop Marketing. I want to thank you for listening. We hope that you do follow us on all the social platforms or get the book. But finally, The other thing that we really want to share with you is to join our private Facebook group to go to Facebook and do a search for the Auto Repair Marketing Mastermind. Um, We're approaching about 550 people in that group. It's pretty involved. People are posting questions and sharing helpful tips in there. So jump in, go request to join. We'll let you in. Well, thanks again for listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast on Aftermarket Radio Network. There's some other great shows on the network and you can find them at aftermarketradionetwork.com or on your favorite podcast listening apps like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many others. Tune in for another episode next week. And until then, go fill those bays. 
You've been listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening app. Find their emails in the show notes and visit them at shopmarketingpros.com. Let Kim and Brian know what you want discussed because they're all about advancing the aftermarket.